Gospel Message, Week 110. The Lord brought something to my mind uh, this week or this past week when during the course of prayer and listening to the Word of God. And there is one trait that the enemy has, which a lot of us have adopted without realizing just how satanic just in order just to have no let's not have any frills when we're talking about this particular treat because the lord just point revealed to me this week how satanic this treat is and the treat is the treat of accusing especially when we the body of christ Children of God, people who claim to profess Christ as Lord of Lord and Savior, people who say we're Christians and that we're walking in the Lord and walking in the Spirit and and trying to just become better Christians. But there is this treat of accusing that we do, especially when we're having a disagreement with our brethren. And I'll, I'll read what, how God describes this trait in Satan. And then maybe it will now highlight just how horrible it is for a Christian to have this trait. In Revelation chapter 12, verses 9 to 11, it reads, And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now is salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they loved not their lives unto death. And when this passage came to me again, look at how it describes Satan, the accuser of the brethren. Mind you, they were talking about him being in heaven prior to him being cast down into the earth, which we know the account of that is in the book of Revelation. But all he did while he was there was to accuse the brethren, the angels, the other angels who were serving God. He accused them day and night. And when you take that trait of accusation and bring it down to we who are on earth, who are, who have been called by the spirit of God and are now choosing to walk in the spirit, to have the Holy Spirit to lead us and to guide us so that we may walk in the ways of Christ. And yet when we have disputes with one another or disagreements with one another, especially couples, spouses, or siblings, or friends, or brethren in a church. You know, we are 
human beings. So in this walk with Christ, especially when we are still in the midst of imperfection, we're going to make a lot of mistakes. A lot of us are still very much in the flesh. We still walk after the flesh. We don't walk after the spirit because again, we Christ is not fully formed in us. We're probably not seeking Christ as fully and completely as we should. We're probably not as surrendered to the spirit as fully as we should be. We're probably still very worldly in that we take our our old wineskins and try to patch them up whereas God asks us to have new wine and new wineskins. So we're still not doing a lot of things perfectly. But as long as we are seeking Christ and as long as we are committing ourselves to him and asking the Holy Spirit to come into us and walk in us and make us new creations so that old things can be passed away and all things that can become new. This is a walk. This is a growth process, but it is a growth process that takes commitment. It is a growth process that takes total concentration on God, on Christ, and on the Holy Spirit. But while we're still making mistakes, there are some people who probably act more righteously than others, meaning, hey, you know what? There's a, probably a couple of things they have given up that some other Christians still struggle with, you know, but when it now comes to us being offended by one another, the first thing we do is we go in on our mistakes. We go in on one another's faults. We go in on the area where I am doing it good and you are not doing it good. I am doing it right and you are not doing it right. And what do we do? We accuse one another. We highlight one another's faults. We highlight one another's shortcomings and the things that come out of our mouths which proceed from our hearts, by the way, because it is out of the abundance of the heart that the mouth speaketh. The things that come out of our mouths are no short of what comes out of the mouth of Satan. And what do we think Satan does for us in our minds when we are still struggling with sin? What does Satan do when he comes to our thoughts? He accuses us. Oh, you call yourself a Christian and you do this. You call yourself a child of God and you do this. You call yourself. These are the accusations that Satan does to us. And then we Christians who are supposed to be walking in love because the Bible says by this ye shall know by this day, the world shall know that ye are my disciples, that ye love one another. And of course, according to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, we see all the characteristics of love. Love suffers long and is kind. It does not delight in iniquity. It does not seek evil or even do evil or pursue evil. And what is accusing? It is the height of evil. It is the height of the absence of love. And some people might say it is tough love. Let us not even let Satan deceive us in that thing. Tough love is one thing when you are disciplining your children because you are doing it in love. But when we highlight someone's faults so that they can feel shame, 
so that they can feel depression, so that they can feel despondent, so that they can feel less than. And a lot of times when we accuse, that accusation is part of control because we want that person to act in a way that we want them to do, that would be preferable for us, that would be more in line with what we want that person to become. A lot of times it has absolutely nothing to do with God. It has absolutely nothing to do with Christ. It has to do with us, which is selfish. And that same 1 Corinthians, 7, 1 Corinthians 13 says, love does not seek its own. So love is not selfish. It is not self-centered. So we have to be very mindful when our heart rises up to revile our brethren. And brethren means another Christian who is walking in the way of the Lord. We have to be very mindful when our hearts fill up with wrath. And the only thing that can come out of our mouth is accusation, highlighting faults, using someone's faults and shortcomings to try to shame them, to try to make them feel ashamed, to try to make them feel bad, to try to make them feel less than. Because it is not the way of Christ. And when Satan was cast out of heaven with all his accusations, he was cast down to the earth, which we know. And he continues those accusations. And he does it. He sends his demons to do it. And to the heart who is really not entrenched in love or seeking to be entrenched in love, he will influence that heart to also do the same thing. And when we accuse one another, that now stirs up hatred for one another. That now stirs up enmity between one another. That now stirs up non-love from brethren to brethren. So if there is no love between us brethren, how can we say that we are disciples of Christ? Because Christ says, by this they shall know that ye are my disciples, that ye love one another. But if we accuse one another, if we tear one another down, if in strife all we do is highlight one another's faults with malice, with resentment, if that's all we do, then that is not love. Because love suffers long and is kind. So the only words that should come out of our mouth are kind words. We can correct one another in kindness. If someone is doing something wrong, or if someone is doing something that is very, very characteristic of works of the flesh, we can address it in love and not with a heart and mouth of accusation, which is characteristic of only Satan. Love is not proud. It is not puffed up. So when we are trying to correct someone, we're not even supposed to be highlighting ourselves because we are not perfect. We're supposed to be leading that person to Christ because at the end of the day, it is only Christ who can convert. If it is Christ who saves you or Christ who saves me, what makes me think that I am the one to save another person? My job is not to save souls. My job is to lead a soul to Christ so that Christ can save that person's soul. That is how we save souls, by leading souls to the same Christ who saved us. 
Love does not behave unseemly, meaning it is not rude. It is not malicious. It is not mean. It is not condescending. It does not reproach other people. It does not make them feel ashamed over things they cannot control. And when I say feel ashamed, when it comes to walking in the flesh or the works of the flesh, there comes a time where the Holy Spirit will make us ashamed of the things that we do. Because if we are walking after the Spirit, then the works of the flesh we are supposed to be departing from. But if we are seeking Christ and we are asking for his Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will cause us now to be ashamed of those things that we are doing that are contrary to Christ. If we are supposed to be walking after the Spirit, then the works of the flesh are supposed to become less and less and less in us. We cannot say we are in Christ and then be walking after the flesh. Because in Galatians chapter 5, it tells us that the works of the flesh are evident and it goes to list all those works of the flesh. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, seditions, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and the like. These are all works of the flesh. So if we're walking after the spirit, then we will not desire the things of the flesh. We will not desire the works of the flesh. And also in Romans chapter one, in Romans chapter one, it goes also to tell us, go into detail, that when we are not walking after the Spirit, when we are not seeking the things of Christ, then we are going to be given up to uncleanliness. And that uncleanliness involves very, very horrid works of the flesh, like homosexuality, unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, envy, murder, deceit, difficulty, malignity, whisperers, backbiters, you know, hateful, proud, boasters, evil, disobedient, without understanding, meaning we will never understand the word of God because we are not seeking to understand the word of God. Unmerciful, implacable. These are also the works of the flesh. So if we are actively engaged in these things, the Holy, if we are of Christ, the Holy Spirit will now start to reveal to us just how we are far from his spirit. And it is he that will stir up a shame in us. But when we who are, quote unquote, walking righteously, meaning, OK, I might not be an adulterer. I might have given up adultery. I might have given up fornication. I might have given up drunkenness. I might have given up these things. And I see another brother or sister struggling in these things. And the key word there is struggle, because it's one thing to struggle with sin. It's another thing to revel in sin. If we see another brother or sister struggling with sin, and we come to that brother or sister and start to accuse that brother or sister, trying to shame them, then we are acting on behalf of Satan. But if we in love now come to that brother or sister and help them, the Holy Spirit will now show them that they are walking after the flesh. And then that same Holy Spirit who has helped us, 
will now start to help them. So when we see a brother or sister struggling in sin, if the spirit of Christ is working in us, then that same spirit of Christ will help us to help them. But when we are walking in self-righteousness, when we are walking in pride, like the Pharisees and the Sadducees, or like the one who the Bible references, he came into the, into the temple and said, Lord, thank you that I am not like other sinners, that I don't do the things other sinners do. Then that same spirit, evil spirit, that stirs Satan to be the accuser of the brethren, is the same spirit that will stir our heart to accuse our brethren. And we have to be mindful that tongue that we use to accuse our brethren is then the same tongue that we will now use to praise God. And there is something wrong with that picture. So if we are in the habit of being very observant about other people's faults, we know where everyone is struggling. We know where everyone is doing wrong. And of course, we pride ourselves that we are not doing wrong like those people. Let us become very, very mindful of being an agent of Satan in the department of accusing. If we're in the habit of accusing other people, especially the brethren, especially our brothers and sisters in Christ, especially people who are struggling, people who are struggling. If you're in the habit, if I'm in the habit of highlighting their faults and using their faults as a weapon to accuse them, to make them feel bad, to make them feel ashamed. And while doing that, I'm making myself feel good by highlighting the fact that I am not like them. I don't do those things. I don't commit the same sins that they commit. Let us be very, very mindful that we are not acting on behalf of the enemy. Because this is what the Lord says to those who are his servants. Even if they are struggling, the Lord knows who those who are his. The Lord knows those who are his. The Lord knows those who are his. And those who are his may not come to full righteousness in one day. They might struggle for a long time. But if we, in the spirit of pride, in the spirit of arrogance, in the spirit of self-righteousness, in the spirit of holier than thou, we accuse the children of God. We accuse the servants of God in the same tongue that Satan accuses them. Let us be mindful of what Isaiah 54, 17 says. It says, concerning the servants of God, no weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper. And every tongue, mind you, the tongue of accusation, the tongue of those who accuse you with evil intent, just like Satan does, every tongue, that rises against thee in judgment, thou shalt condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. So let us ask the Lord, everyone, go to the Lord in prayer and say, Lord, maybe I'm not aware that I do this, or maybe I am aware that I do this, but it is such a horrible habit, I can't stop. Let us come to God and say, Lord, Lord Jesus, give me victory over the stronghold of an accusing heart, an accusing tongue. 
give me victory over the satanic stronghold of accusation where I have it embedded in myself, in my nature, in my habits, in my ways, where even if it be in anger, and sometimes I don't do it on purpose, I don't do it intentionally, but I've just always done it, where I accuse people, I notice people's faults, and I use those faults to attack them, I use those faults to insult them, I use those faults to abuse them, I use those faults to deride them, to berate them, to revile them. Where I have been an accuser like Satan, call it what it is, don't sugarcoat it. Where I have been an accuser, just as Satan is an accuser of the brethren, where I have been an accuser of the brethren, where I am an accuser of the brethren, Lord Jesus, deliver me. Give me victory over the stronghold of accusation. It is a satanic trait and today I want to be delivered from it. Lord Jesus, grant me victory. Holy Spirit, cast it out of me in the name of Jesus. And these are the prayers that Jesus answers immediately. He will start to answer that prayer and he will cast that demonic spirit out of us. If only we admit that it is in us. And if it is not in us today, it can be in us at any given time. So let us still pray that not only will he cast it out, but he will protect us so that that demonic spirit never, ever, not only has place in us, but never has dominion in us. Lord Jesus, this is our prayer for ourselves. Do your work in us. Cast out every stronghold, every demonic, satanic stronghold of accusation. As Satan is an accuser of the brethren, if I, if we have been an accuser of the brethren, Lord Jesus, deliver us from that demonic trait. Grant us victory now and forever. In your perfect name we pray. Amen. And may we continue to grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Amen in the name of Jesus.